game on this station as part of a busy weekend, right, of college football. Richmond, Morgan State, Saturday here, 5.30 airtime and 6 o'clock game. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves there because there's plenty of football to be played before we ever get to Saturday, both today, tonight, and tomorrow night as well, both at the college level and certainly in our area at the high school level. So let's get started there. As I mentioned before the break, we bring in our two high school football experts to talk some high school football today. Zach Joachim from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com, and our good friend Sean Robertson from CBS 6, normally co-hosting with me on a Thursday. But, Sean, it's just so busy that we've got you out and about already. I know there is a big-time game tonight, but you're already zeroed in on a day game this afternoon, aren't you? Yeah, the chopper is taking me to one of the area city schools. I'm going to TJ to see Thomas Jefferson and Meadowbrook go at it. Uh, Kickoff is scheduled for 445, so I'm on my way there to see this very interesting matchup that's going to take place this afternoon. All right, fill us in just a little bit. Why do you say an interesting matchup this afternoon, other than the fact that the CBS 6 camera will be there? Number one, Meadowbrook is still a team that is uh, learning to win again. They have a first-year head coach in Billy Rudd, an alumnus of the program. He was a part of the state championship team in 2004 with Coach Gold, and it has been a long time since Meadowbrook has had success in this area. It's been since 2016 since they had a winning record at any point in a season. Hmm. They did that last week when they beat Clover Hill. They're looking to go 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. So we're going past a decade. So Rudd has brought a lot of talent, a lot of former players to come back and help him coach on this staff. And you've got some players who are hungry. They want to get away from having one win and having you know, losing records. They want to have that success. They want to have that winning culture back. And they got off to a good start last week, and we'll see if that continues. I guess a TJ team that, amongst the city schools, has been the most successful. Six straight playoff appearances in non-interrupted seasons. Of course, in COVID in 2020 and 2021, RPS schools did not have a season, so they didn't play. But other than that, they have gone to the playoffs six straight years they also have a new head coach, Coach Harris, Eric Harris, who is the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Last year, they have moved up in class from class two to class three, a little more uh, area of talent that they'll go against should they make the playoffs this year. So this is going to be their first step to see if how successful they will be in the move from class two to class three. All right, and Zach, let me bring you in on this conversation because I know this is a game that you featured in the TD this week, Meadowbrook and, and Thomas Jefferson. I guess one of the other angles of this game, Zach, is that it is uh, the unscheduled opener, right, for TJ, for Thomas Jefferson, because their game got canceled last week against Huguenot with all those threats of violence and everything around that game. It is, yeah. That was a tough situation for both programs, and I'd had a chance to to speak with both coaches leading into the season. And Thomas Jefferson was obviously scheduled to graduate after Huguenot back in June, uh, when the when the tragedy befell the Huguenot community with the graduation shooting. And so I think both coaches and programs had hoped that that game could be a source of healing for the communities after what they went through recently. Um, and obviously, it was originally postponed on that Thursday. 
uh, before it was canceled on Friday after police found that the, the threats of violence that had come about on social media seemed credible and obviously they didn't want to put anyone in a dangerous situation to, to play a high school game. Safety was the number one priority there. And so TJ will kick off this week. And I believe Huguenot doesn't until next week now. They were scheduled to, to have an off week here. And so both programs kind of just got to refocus. Um, and obviously you're, you're frustrated as players and parents not to be able to kick your season off when you were hoping to. But safety is the number one priority. And, and, and Sean, have fun over there, man. TJ is one of my favorite game day environments. Always, you got kids looking out of the classroom windows up, and you got people lining the fences over there, and so that should be a really fun environment today against Meadowbrook. They will all want to get their faces, smiling faces, on camera when Sean points that <laughs> that camera at them uh, for sure. Zach, how about between the white lines? I know Sean detailed it uh, pretty well, but anything else to add on this Meadowbrook TJ game before we move on to a couple of the the real headliners this weekend? Yeah, a couple really strong running games. Uh, Meadowbrook had a strong start to the season on the ground last year behind Donovan Jefferson, who was one of our 804 Varsity Player of the Week nominees. Had 18 carries for 204 yards and three touchdowns in that win over Clover Hill. Uh, He was electric with the ball in his hands. Look for him to be the focal point for the Monarchs today. And then on the flip side, the Vikings bring back a 1,000-yard rusher from last year, Deshaun Stovall. And for their classification, I think one of the big things to watch for TJ is how big that line is. For them playing down in Class 3, they've got some linemen that are the size of Class 5 and 6 linemen, 300-pound uh, kids, Tamarian Nobles and Xavier Artis, both tackles on that line. Look for them to get a big push and TJ to try and run Stovall behind those two guys consistently. And I think offensively it should be more of what you've seen successfully for TJ over the last few years because Eric Harris, the Virginia Union, Virginia Union alum, was the offensive coordinator last year, and he was now elevated to head coach. So some good cohesion for the Vikings there offensively. Look for that attack to not skip a beat and for both teams to try and establish it on the ground. All right, intriguing one there, getting underway this afternoon. TJ at home against Meadowbrook. Uh, all right, Sean, is the, is the uh, chopper leaving that game and, and following Route 5 down to Thomasdale and, and picking up the LC Bird-Thomasdale game because we got the Battle, the of, Battle Chester. of Chester tonight at 7 o'clock. No question. Looking forward to that matchup, both teams. Elsie Bird and Thomas Dale coming off impressive victories. Last week, Bird started the season last Thursday, 45-12 victories over James River. And the rushing attack for the Skyhawks continues to impress. They had over 400 yards on the ground against James River. In that game, I think all six touchdowns were via the ground attack. of head coach Troy Taylor. And then when you got Thomas Dale off the 35-0 win, against Cosby, led by Ethan Minter. He's got good receivers on the outside of Jacob Seaborn and also Nick Tyree, really good offensive line. And you got Bragging Rice. These two schools separated by, what, six, seven miles off of Route 10 and Iron Bridge. Uh, it's going to be very intense. And the two coaches, two alums of their current programs, Kevin Tucker and also Troy Taylor, should be a really entertaining game tonight down at, uh, at, at Ed Carpus Field. i got to get that correct. Ed Carpus Field tonight at 7 o'clock. Absolutely. Zach, what do you like about this game? Oh, the intensity. My goodness, it, it, it's one of the best rivalries in the area. I know that the Great American Rivalry Series, which highlights some of the, the country's premier high school football matchups, has highlighted this game before, and I believe they're doing it this week again because it's one of the best rivalries not only in the area uh, but in the state. Uh, Rashad Lewis and Sir Paul Cheek are the running backs for Bird that, that Sean was referencing there. They had three touchdowns apiece last week as they really got going on the ground. And I think for a, a few years now, 
at Troy has really got that program going in a strong direction. That's been kind of the central thrust is, is getting that bird ground game back to, to what it was and, and what people think of as LC Bird football back in the years that they were winning state titles, and that's dominating the game on the ground and everything else works off of there. But for Dale, uh, Sean said it, Ethan Minter um, is one of the most accomplished high school players around uh, right now. He's got a bunch of records over at Thomas Dale for touchdowns and yards in his career. He's a lefty dual-threat quarterback um, who's, uh, who's going to go play college ball at Virginia. Not sure yet what position he's going to play at Virginia, but he's going to be a Cavalier. Um, and that's a really explosive Dale attack. And so Bird has got to try and limit the big plays. I know last year Dale won at Bird. 32-21, and the X factor was really just the explosiveness of that Dale offense with Steve Horn and Nick Tyree. They've got tons of speed at their receiver positions, and so if they can get their playmakers out in space and get some chunk plays, then it's going to be tough for Bird to keep up because they're going to try and control the game on the ground and make it a bit more of a slugfest. So I think Bird wants to muddy the waters a little bit and make that game uh, you know, a, a battle on the ground and probably lower scoring, more of a defensive struggle whereas Dale's happy to get up and down the field and get the passing game going and be more explosive. So if we get up into the high 20s and anywhere near 30s, it's probably going to be a game where the script uh, affords itself to Dale a little better and Bird's going to try and keep it a lower-scoring game. But, man, if Bird can get the ground game going and they can control the clock a little bit and have lots of possession, then there are number seven team, Dale's our number five team. This could be a really good football game. Absolutely. More than really good, actually. And, and, hey, this is more than really good. I love what you guys are doing this afternoon. I mentioned that. AJ, I, I could just be a traffic cop here and steer you guys as you're on the road getting to games. This is the, this is the easy part. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing it because I, I hope our audience is enjoying listening to these rundowns as much as I am right now. Uh, so that's the Thursday 7 o'clock game. It gets even better, I think, Friday at 7 o'clock. I know a lot of schools are playing tonight and staying off of the Labor Day weekend, but these two aren't, and they'll be in the spotlight tomorrow night. You got in your poll, Zach, so I'll start with you. Uh, number three, Manchester, and number one, Highland Springs tomorrow night at 7. Wow. It's been one of the premier matchups of the area for, for a few years now, right? Everyone wants to see Manchester and Highland Springs play the Lancers or Region 6A. Runners-up last year, Highland Springs, obviously the reigning Class 5 champions, and they make the jump up to Class 6 this year. And so now these teams are in the same region, which adds kind of a a new element to this matchup here. But starting with Highland Springs at home, it's, it's Christian Martin, right, who's our reigning co-all-metro player of the year, uh, along with Harry Dalton over at Dinwiddie, both quarterbacks that led their teams to undefeated state titles last year. Martin, a fantastic decision-maker, great accuracy. He'll spread the ball around. He won't make rash decisions. Uh, and they've got lots of speedsters in space. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that stands out every year. And it really stood out in this game last year when Jakari Henley had some huge plays for Highland Springs. Uh, Ian, Noah Jenkins, George Lovelace, just a few names of the weapons that they've got. If they can get their playmakers the ball in space, then they're going to break off lots of chunk plays. But a new name, I think, to keep an eye on here that really burst onto the scene last week in Highland Springs, a 20-14 win at Miramar in, in, in Florida, which was a great road win at Coach Lauren Johnson's alma mater. Down there in Florida, Eric Bird, who's a sophomore running back, had 100 yards and two long touchdown runs. In that game, uh, he's an explosive athlete and seems to be a guy that's breaking onto the scene right now for the Springers. And then defensively, Brennan Johnson uh, was the state defensive player of the year in Class 5 last year. He flies all over the field. He's the heart and soul of that defense. And then cornerback Tamandre Braxton had a key interception last week. He's the lockdown coverage guy. In the secondary and for Manchester, Landon Abernathy, uh, one of the area's best pocket passers, really accurate. When they can give him time to throw, he can pick a defense apart. Devin Bryant is the running back there, really rugged runner. 
they'll try and establish him on the ground to get the Highland Springs defense to come down into the box a little bit and give Abernathy some work to uh, some room to work with there uh, in the secondary. And then Makai Byerson on the defensive side for Manchester, West Virginia recruit, all-metro defensive end. He's going to try and cause havoc in the backfield, and he should be the X factor here. If he can spend enough time around Martin to get that Highland Springs offense off script, then he'll give Manchester a chance, I think. And one of the big priorities for Highland Springs will be keeping Byerson uh, out of the backfield and allowing their offense to operate. He's a special talent at the end position. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, uh, Sean, I know Zach mentioned you know, they're coming off of that win down there in Florida. You think that game has any impact on this game, either from you know all the, the hype that surrounded that game down there in Florida, the travel that they're not really used to as, as high school kids, or the mere fact that they're high school kids, that's behind them, and they move on to this big one today? I think the fact that they're high school kids, Bob, number one, and also Lauren Johnson. Uh, I spoke to him this week, and he basically said that game is in the rearview mirror. That page has been turned. Their focus is Manchester this week. They knew the challenge last week was. They were able to take care of that. Their focus is on a really good Manchester team this week. They're loaded from top to bottom. Um, They're one of our, I think they're third in our poll uh, this week. And uh, that's what Lauren Johnson said. That, that, game is, that game is in the rearview mirror, and their focus is solely on Manchester and what they can do uh, uh, tomorrow night against the Lancers. And one, one other note, I think uh, Zach hit the nail on the head about Makai. He's got to stay on the field. A lot of that game last year, he was bothered by cramps, and he was not on the field mm-hmm. a lot. He's got to stay on the field and be – relatively healthy and limit the amount of cramps and limit the time he was on the sideline. That was a big factor, I thought, in the game last year. And one other note, I was doing some research, and maybe Zach can help me out with this. I think this is the matchup with two, the two winningest programs in the Richmond region since they both won a state title in 2018. Holland Springs has won 60 games in that span with two state championships, and Manchester has 50 victories since 2018, so a combined 111, 110 victories between the two over the last five-plus years will be going at it Friday night. Zach, what do you think? Does that sound right, those numbers that Sean is uh, crunching there? <laughs> that, that, that sounds exactly right to me, man. Two of the area's premier programs, and everyone, Sean, everyone's been clamoring for this matchup over the last few years. Yeah. I feel like since that season that, that both of these teams went on state title runs, I don't believe got a chance to play in there. Everyone was saying, oh, we want a, a championship of Richmond high school football game, you know, between these two teams. And so I think this has kind of become a, a matchup that's representative of, of that kind of a championship of the 804, although I'm sure some really strong Verina and Trinity Episcopal programs would have something to say about that as well. And, and the fact that they're now back in the same class. You know, a couple of years ago they were both in class five. They had a chance to play in a regional final, but COVID hit. The game never took place. Now they're both in Class 6. This game is going to go a long way in maybe who hosts a regional final, who gets a, an extra added point in their standings going into the playoffs. So we may get an opportunity to see this matchup again in the postseason if everything uh, plays out after Friday night. 
All right. That one is Friday night at 7 o'clock. So two big ones tonight at 7 and tomorrow night at 7. Sean, I know the chopper is starting to get ready to land and get you to the TJ game. Let me finish up with both you guys. Uh, and I know you probably don't have it in front of you, but I'm sure you've mapped out your coverage for the weekend. Is there another game or two on the docket this weekend? And as we've all said, it's a busy you know Labor Day weekend of high school football that you're particularly looking forward to or of interest um, to you as we move through the Labor Day weekend. Uh, Zach, why don't I why don't I start with you on that one? Yeah, a couple. One tonight, Godwin at Patrick Henry. Ashland is always a really tough place to, to go and get a win, and, and they, Godwin started off the Earl Kinney era uh, with a big win last week, and uh, I want to see if they can continue that momentum. Earl Kinney, a longtime local assistant who's got tons and tons of respect and admiration in the coaching fraternity in the Richmond area. This is his first head job and started off with a win at Godwin last week. want to see if they can go to PH and get a win in a tough environment, quarterback Daniel Viner for the, for the Eagles with a really strong start to the year. And then on Saturday, I think this game is getting kind of lost in the shuffle because it's Saturday night at 7.30. But Trinity Episcopal is at Archbishop Hoban. And, and Sam Mickens, the, the Trinity coach, was texting me earlier in the week. Archbishop Hoban ranked number 23 in the nation, I think, by Max Preps. That's an enormous test for Trinity Episcopal. And if they can go get a win there, then that will be incredibly impressive and I think would – would force all of us to perhaps reevaluate how we see them in the local hierarchy. I think we've got them at number four right now, um, and, and they've kind of been bouncing between two and four in most of the rankings votes that I've seen. But if they go and get a win at Archbishop Hoban, then that'll really turn some heads. Yeah, that game out in Ohio. You mentioned it uh, Saturday night at 7.30 for Trinity Episcopal. Uh, all right, Sean, another game or two that will be uh, high on the rundown in the uh, final score Friday night uh, program that you and Lane Casadante will have coming up. I'm going to tell you what, if I wasn't going to the Battle of Chester tonight, the Chopper would be going to Verina. I want to see this Freedom team uh, who scored over 100 points in a regulation game last year. No overtime, no you know extra periods. They scored over. They broke the clock. They broke the scoreboard <laughs> in regulation in a regular season game last year. They're going to Verina tonight at 7 o'clock, and that's a very interesting matchup because – of the hype of what Freedom did last year and the fact they are the reigning Class 6 state champs. They go to Verona two years removed after winning the state championship in Class 4, coming off a big victory last week against Indian River on the road. Um, some new faces with Verona, a new-looking a new team for head coach Marcus Lewis. So this is a strong test, an early-season test against the defending champs in Class 6. So I'm going to pay attention to that one. And actually, Saturday, the two city schools going at it. You got John Marshall mm-hmm. looking for their first victory under new head coach Chip Howard against not George Wythe, but Richmond High School for the Arts. Formerly George Wythe, two city schools meet a new era for head coach Jimmy Hart as now it's not George Wythe, it's Richmond High School for the Arts trying to get that first ever victory under the new name Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Benedictine at Western Branch, another one tonight to keep an eye on for sure. Chance for the cadets yeah. to, to really show out against the reigning Region 6A champ. Tremendous and, and real quick, Real quick, Bob, I like these matchups with private schools going up against public schools. We mm-hmm. hear the chatter mm-hmm. a lot. I know Zach has heard it a lot. Public schools not really getting an opportunity or not wanting sometimes to face a private school. But now we're seeing that a lot this year. And last year there were a few games, and this year – it's been ramped up a little bit more, and I kind of I do like that to see a public school, private school matchup, bragging rights. But you kind of get to see where the talent is across the board on both sides in the state. 
Guys, I like this. Let's do this again. This was uh, really fun. Very informative as much as anything else. Last 20 minutes, I learned a ton about the high school matchups this weekend. Uh, let's do it again when time permits. Uh, Sean Robertson, CBS 6. Zach Joaquin from the TimesDispatchRichmond.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you later. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, guys. We'd love to do it again. All right. Will yep. do. Thank you, fellas. The chopper has landed at TJ for uh, Sean. I should have asked Zach, like, uh, what's his mode of transportation? Times dispatch, give him a limo or something, or uh, I don't know. to get uh, Maybe it's just an Uber from game to game. I don't know how he gets there. Uh, anyway, you can read all the coverage uh, on Richmond.com of these games on the Richmond Times Dispatch, and then Sean and Lane covering it for, the, uh, for Channel 6, for CBS 6, and they'll have their final score Friday show uh, tomorrow night with all these games going tonight tomorrow and as both guys mentioned a little bit into saturday as well all right that was a great segment really enjoyed that uh, we'll do it in the future hopefully with sean just in studio with me on a thursday thursday a really good day to do that to preview the high school games and we'll try and keep doing that because we know a lot of you are interested a lot of you are parents that have youngsters who are out there playing ball and you love hearing about your kid and you love hearing about your teams as well so we'll keep that thread going through the course of the uh, high school football season all right break time for us way past the break aj will juggle it around we'll get caught back up here in just a moment approaching 440 already on the thursday afternoon it is now a feel-good edition of the sports huddle